Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985 Santa Claus the movie. One minute at a time. And this week we are on minute number 50. Yes, 50 minutes in. Holy moly. So this minute kicks off with a really good look at the real live reindeer team. So stay tuned because Ben has Tilly Smith's book ready. Ready to go. <laughs> Whoa! All right. Stay right here, boys. I'll be right back. He uses his poofing power to appear next to Joe, who is getting ready to throw more scrap wood into his fire in a trash can barrel. Right. There, there's got to be a better word than poofing, but poofing is so much fun to say. <laughs> Poof. I guess technically he's teleporting, but teleporting sounds like so scientific and like Star Trekky. Yeah, it's like this is I'm more gonna, magical. Yeah, magical poof. Right. I said, so my. Whoops, sorry. Go ahead. I was calling it zapping, but it doesn't have the right sound effect for a zap. You I know? don't know when I when I hear the word zapping, I think of like a witch, like <laughs> using like electrical powers. Yeah. To like zap someone. Uh huh. So I, I think we'll go with poofing. <laughs> and my theory about how the poofing magic works in this movie, I think Santa can only use it to teleport small distances. Mm -hmm. Like he couldn't like poof from the North Pole and be, you know, in a totally different country. He needs to be like on the rooftop uh -huh. of like a house or a building that he wants to enter to poof. And I think that that's consistent throughout the movie until there's another character who seems to possess the same poofing power, but that, that is far, far in the future. <laughs> and it kind of throws a monkey wrench in my, uh, in my poofing theory. But I think in the, in, as far as Santa is concerned, I, I think that's pretty what on target. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, maybe he may only be able to poof to somewhere close or somewhere he can see, you know, or has been before. Because he seems to use the poofing power to get up and down chimneys. Right. So he'll land on the roof, and then he'll be, like, next to the uh, fireplace. Right. And same thing, to go back up it again, he poofs up of it. Right. You know, poofs, and he's back to the sleigh. So I think it can only he can only use it in a very small area. Yeah. Or else his Christmas Eve rounds would go a lot quicker if he could just go boom, boom, right. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So I think he still needs to physically land on a rooftop mm -hmm. to get down below so santa greets joe he says hello and joe responds by saying hello son hey beat it man find your own doorway don't crowd me in the foreground very briefly when santa first poofs in behind joe mm -hmm. we see a a vehicle with the license plate 215917 yes i just wanted to uh bring this up briefly okay um, according to the Internet Movie Cars database, that is a 1971 Chevrolet Chevy van. So props to the Internet Movie Cars database that I just recently discovered. They've ID'd every car in every movie ever made. Well, what about the one that's in front of the van? Oh, well, let me see. I, I still have it up on my screen. One second. You can't see too much of it, but it has like a little spoiler on the back of it. I don't think they've ID'd that one. Oh. 
probably not enough of it to be able to ID it. They also ID'd the police cars. I feel like I've missed a bunch of uh, car identifications, but I'm sure they'll bubble up again in the movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to say there was some significance to the license plate. I didn't know no, you were going to tell no. me what kind of van it was. I was like, ooh, there's significance here. No, I, I wish there was significance. I should make something up. Like... Uh, <laughs> That's like the secret code you have to unscramble in Santa Claus, the movie. <laughs> the day they started filming and the day they stopped filming. <laughs> February 15th. <laughs> and September 17th. <laughs> now we'll have to look that up. It's like maybe that, that does seem plausible. Like they began filming. <laughs> Someone to post that on IMDb. <laughs> And we were totally uh, like, look, it was true. <laughs> so anyway, besi- behind Santa also, there's a big sign. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming it's for laundry. I can't think of any other thing that would be. Yeah, I was assuming it was laundry as well. Like a laundry mat. Yeah. You can't see the L anywhere. But I'm assuming it's a laundry mat. So Santa like takes like a kind of a scolding voice to Joe. Like, what are you doing out here? Mm-hmm. What are you doing out here? I'm pitching a no-hitter for the Yankees. What's it look like? I'm pitching a no-hitter for the Yankees. He has like that New York gangster, (laughs) old-timey gangster voice going on. What does it look like, Santa? (laughs) You talking to me? (laughs) He's trying his best. He's from Chicago. He's trying to pull off a New York accent (laughs) in the UK. And he's 12 years old, so I'm, I'm cutting him some slack. Yeah. He'd probably do it just as well as we would have. <laughs> I'm pitching a no-hitter. Hey, I'm pitching a no-hitter over here. Yeah. See, you're, I don't know. You wouldn't even work either. Like, you wouldn't. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so as you just heard, Joe sarcastically replied that he's hitting a no-hitter for the Yankees. Now, Ben kind of scoffed at me when I said I was going to Google <laughs> no-hitters for the Yankees. Well, no, no, no. But what? I did... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Defend yourself. So, so what I scoffed at was you just Googling the Yankees. And I was like, why do you need to Google the New York Yankees? They're the Yankees. Like, and, But then we started talking about the no-hitters for the Yankees. And then, that was, then I was happy that you started to Google it. So now you can continue <laughs> on. Well, I also wanted to, you know, maybe like some UK listeners may not be aware Mm -hmm. that the Yankees is the well-known baseball team based out of the New York City borough of the Bronx. Mm -hmm. True. But anyway, (laughs) looking up, because I want to know if Joe's line was like a joke or Mm -hmm. something like, you know, how they'll put in jokes sometime about, oh, and, and this team will win the World Series, you know, something like that. Right. And I'm not a I'm not a expert in the sports ball, so <laughs> I thought I would look it up. Yes. So, needless to say, no hitters are very rare for any team. A no hitter, as uh, defined by the Major League Baseball, is quote in a perfect game, no batter reaches any base during the course of the game. And I'm not going to read the whole Wikipedia article, but. The one that pertains to us and this movie is the one that follows. (laughs) I'm keeping everyone in suspense while I'm finding my spot. (laughs) 
The longest interval between Yankees no-hitters was between the game pitched by Don Larson on October 8, 1956, and Dave Rigetti's no-hitter on July 4, 1983, encompassing 26 years, 8 months, and 26 days. And Ben, what year, Christmas Eve, in our movie timeline, are we? And right now in our movie, we are on Christmas Eve of 1983. So that no-hitter just happened six months ago in the movie. And it would have been fairly recent in the yes. minds of the writers of this movie to insert this in a New York scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I really wish that we were recording when we saw that the first time because I couldn't believe that it was 1983. I was like, what? <laughs> but I can't even re I can't redo my reaction. Like I just can't. And it was it was amazing. I'm I really wish we were recording then. That's why we can't talk <laughs> to each other before we have these minutes. I'm jumping ahead a few seconds, but your reaction, trying to recreate your reaction, would be sort of like Joe when he gets poofed onto the roof. Like, whoa, how'd you do that? Because you know he probably said that 20 times. <laughs> That's true. Already. But we're, we're jumping ahead. We're jumping we're ahead. Jumping back, ahead. We back to where we are. So then Santa asks, But it's Christmas Eve. Don't you know what that means? Yeah, it means you're out of a job till next year. You and the rest of the winos. So I think, so there's a lot to unpack here. I think Santa is like flabbergasted that he's getting this response. You know, most kids would be like, oh my gosh, it's Santa. Mm -hmm. But here's Joe. He's like, no nonsense. He's not buying it. <laughs> yes. So this is taking Santa off guard. Yeah, and I have a little bit from the book that kind of helps with this. Joe, you know how he kind of is a little bit angry when Santa first shows up and he's like, hey, find your own corner, you know, that kind of thing. He was actually covering how scared he was with his anger. Like this guy just popped out of nowhere and he was scared. So his first instinct was just, just to show anger towards him right away. I mean, I don't blame Joe. If if I turned around and this guy dressed as Santa was standing behind me, I'd probably have a heart attack. Right. <laughs> and then, so after the Yankees line that Joe says, he thought, Joe thought that the drunks were getting weirder all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he felt sorry for the old man. He seemed so confused. But there was also something kind in his eyes, in spite of the fact that he must be crazy. So Joe thought Santa must be crazy, but even though his eyes were, were kind. So he had like a, there was a little part of him that knew that this was a good guy, even though he was talking weird <laughs> to him. So before we move on, I, I got to say, this is probably, as a kid, this is probably like the first time I'd ever heard the word wino. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's not a phrase that's used very yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem like... It's probably fallen out of style. I don't really, you know, it means a, a person who drinks excessive amounts of cheap wine and other alcohol, especially one who is homeless. I don't think it's really in use much anymore. I don't feels think like, so. It, it feels kind of like old timey. I feel like in recent years, wine has kind of rebranded itself mm -hmm. as, you know, fancy or, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. 
like, oh, I'm going to unwind. It's either, it's either fancy, you know, fancy restaurant, fine wine, or like you said, it's, you know, Moms. mom just unwinding <laughs> at the end of the day. Mom's going, oh, I'm so tired of this. Give me my so, wine. Yes. But even growing up, you know, through the 80s and 90s, I don't remember wino as a term for a drunk. No. You know. Though we being didn't live all that on the common. streets, so we're not, you know what I mean? But still, yeah. We weren't really around, where we grew up, we weren't really around cities, you know, so that it may have been commonly used in cities, just but not even, in the woods like we grew up. Well, but even now in our adult years, yeah, you don't hear wino being tossed around. No, you don't. Then Santa asks... He, he goes all Karen on Joe. Well, not really, <laughs> but he does pull out the "Don't you know who I am?" Right. He's not as that. He's not as aggressive as a Karen. Right. It's just the but lines he's still... of a Karen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? He's still he's still confused. It's like red suit, beard. <laughs> Hello. Don't you know who I am? Sure, you're a nut. Yeah, you're a nut. <laughs> At this point, Santa is just exasperated. Yes, he goes, I- "I'm Santa." This is a this is a really fun performance by David mm-hmm. Huddleston here. Yeah, they did a really good job with this. I think it's like a, it's like a nice balance. Like mm-hmm. he, Santa's like he's not mad. No, he, but he's still like you know. <laughs> like, it's hard to knows describe. Who I am? Yeah, it's very it's very charming. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Santa Claus. Right. And I'm the Tooth Fairy. Now, before we move on from that Tooth Fairy line, I feel like if this was a more modern Santa Claus movie, I feel like there'd be a joke here about Santa saying, oh, I know her. Yeah. Because in the Tim Allen Santa Claus sequels, Mm -hmm. you know, the uh, Mrs. Claus and the (laughs) Escape Claus. Right. He is friends with the the Tooth tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny, Mother Nature, and probably somebody else. else. Cupid. (laughs) The Sandman. Everyone. (laughs) And who yeah. knows? May, maybe if uh, maybe if the Sulkin Santa Claus universe continued, maybe they'd expand his universe a bit as well. It's, uh, but I mean, any- it's, he also knows the Tooth Fairy in um, the gar- what is it, the Guardians, um, the the animated. Yeah, the DreamWorks movie. What's yes. it called? Like <laughs> it's Guardians something. Gar- I don't want to say Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, it's not Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians. We own it, I think. So with the bit with the big buff Easter Bunny. Right. Yes. <laughs> so they're all friend. Well, friend. I use the word friends loosely in that movie as well. So I bet that would be a joke. I'm sure. Uh, sorry to sidebar again, but was that that was Hugh Jackman as the Easter Bunny, wasn't it? Yes, in that it movie? was. Yes, it was. Okay, I forget who was Santa. Now I'm gonna have to Google it. Hang on. I- <laughs> I don't remember. Who Sorry, guys, Santa. we're taking we're taking we're taking a sidebar. DreamWorks, <laughs> Alec Baldwin. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. And he was called North, and Chris Pine yeah. was Jack Frost. Yeah. Um, and Esla Fisher, Esla Fisher was the Tooth Fairy. The Tooth Fairy was a guy in uh, the Tim Allen ones. Yes. Yep. I had to think for a second. Am I confusing the Tooth Fairy? With uh, with the uh, with the Cupid, but no, he was a he was a guy. And then of course yeah. there was a Dwayne the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie where he played the Tooth Fairy. Did you ever see that? I don't think I ever saw it. No. Yes, in 2010, uh, 
Dwayne Johnson played the Tooth Fairy in the movie Tooth Fairy. I, I've never actually seen it, just the posters. <laughs> we'll have to see if that's streaming somewhere. Yeah, I bet that'd be pretty funny to watch. And they made a sequel, Tooth Fairy 2. Can you guess who played the Tooth Fairy in Tooth Fairy 2? Direct to video 2012. Uh, John Cena. <laughs> no, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that would be it, too, yeah. <laughs> That's quite the downgrade from Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no offense, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I'd prefer John... the Dwayne Johnson one. Thank you. Oh, John Cena's not answering the phone. <laughs> who, who can we get for Tooth Fairy 2? Let's get Mater. <laughs> Anyway, we've gone way off track on this sidebar. <laughs> but bringing it back to the movie, and this is what I wanted to bring up with you off mic, but it's like, no, no, i got to bring this up on the show. Okay, what? You know, this is a world within the movie, within yes. Santa Claus the Movie 1985, uh -huh. where flying reindeer exist, Santa mm -hmm. Claus himself exists, elves exist. Mm -hmm. Do fairies exist? And I think you can make a case, not only does Joe make a reference to the tooth fairy here, but remember, I, I'm I'm breaking some rules of movie by the minute podcast etiquette. But we've done it plenty of times. I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> We're not very that, good with the rules. <laughs> or 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 that sleigh has taken off. Right. But anyway, remember when Patch and BZ meet for the first time? Uh huh. And Patch says, "I'm an elf." And remember, BZ says, "You mean like a fairy?" Mm hmm So could fairies, or or the tooth fairy? by extension, exist in the world of Santa Claus the movie. Maybe. Maybe. There is, there is even evidence within the movie itself for I mean, this case to be made. Sure. Why not? I mean, we don't know. It could be. Just because we don't see them doesn't mean that they don't exist in this, in this uh, movie universe. Now we want to talk about why BZ's mind would go to fairies when he's confronted by an elf. Yeah, I don't. But know. we'll get there. We'll get there in a few minutes. Yeah, a let's, few months. Let's, we have time to think about it. <laughs> Just something to think about till we get to minute whatever <laughs> later this year. <laughs> then Santa says in kind of a huff, he goes, "Hmm. Well, we'll have to do it my way." Well. I guess I'll just have to do it my way. Okay. And then they then they poof, right? Up to the roof. Yes. But before we go to the roof, there's actually a part in the book before they go to the roof that I need to read. And I can see, I don't know if they filmed it, you know, and it was a deleted scene or if they decided not to film it at all. But it's a part that I can see why they cut it out. But I need to read it to you guys because... I haven't heard this before either. I'm excited. I, I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Santa says, right after the, after Joe says, and I'm the tooth fairy, Santa says, I'll prove it to you. The old man said almost desperately, he held out his hand and said, come up on the roof with me. And Joe jerked away, suddenly frightened. He backed up, glancing anxiously down the dark, deserted alley. He was all alone with this old weirdo who was maybe even some kind of pervert. No way, man, he said. You get out of here or I'll call a cop. 
And Claus let his hand drop, filled with a deep, aching distress, as he realized how truly awful this child's existence must be, that he could only see Santa Claus as someone to scorn or fear. If Santa Claus was someone to be afraid of, how could the rest of the people in his life be treating him? Oh, you poor lad, he murmured. He folded his arms. Well, I see I'm going to have to do it my way. And he pressed one forefinger against the side of his nose, concentrating. Abruptly, the alley was empty. You know, and then they were up on the... You know, if they did film that, I'm kind of glad they trimmed it out. Yeah. We don't We don't need visions of Mm-mm. child yeah. molesting Santa. <laughs> exactly. So, like, I'm glad that they cut that out. But... And you wouldn't even know, like, the way that if they, I don't know if they didn't film it, you know, but you could see why this is so seamless. Like, I guess I'll have to do it my way. And then poof, you know. I could have seen where it would have fit in. Oh, yeah. But I'm glad it's not there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That would have been even more of a downer of having a kid homeless on Christmas Eve. That's upsetting enough. (laughs) You don't need to have more. So, you know, I, I, I do love this movie, and I have nothing against Christian Patrick's performance as mm-hmm. Joe, but his reaction after he gets poofed on the roof. Holy cow! How'd you do that? See, what did I tell you? Come on. Santa Claus ain't real. You know, it, it just feels a little phony. It feels like kid actor in a serial commercial or something where he says, Holy cow! yeah how do you do that it's like maybe maybe they could have gone with a different take or maybe they did multiple takes and this was the best one i don't know or it could have got trimmed there could have been something else yeah because in the book there's more to this as well because um he joe does say holy cow then he cried how'd you do that so um and then Santa says, see, the old man shrugged, what did I tell you? All of that is in this minute. Mm -hmm. And then Joe's eyes bugged out as they caught the fantastic vehicle he suddenly discovered sharing the rooftop with them. It was by far the most amazing thing he had ever seen. A beautifully carved sleigh that looked like something from the window of an antique store. And eight strange-looking deer that seemed so lifelike. He took a step and then another toward the sleigh, wondering suddenly if he had fallen asleep and was dreaming. He stopped again. Wait a minute, he murmured to himself. I know what this is. It's one of them Christmas decorations somebody put up here. I've seen them before. And he clung to the thought, comforted by it. Then one of the reindeer suddenly tossed its antlered head and emitted a sound somewhere between a whiny and snort. Oh, no, not a whiny. A <laughs> whinny. Whinny and snort. Snorts yes. and whinnies. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so it was probably, go to your reindeer guide. Which reindeer could it have been in the book? It was the one who snorts and whinnies. Yeah, whinnies I'll, look, and snorts. I'll, I'll look. Hold on a second. And then Joe leaped back with his astonishment doubling. Ever hear a decoration make a noise like that? The old man asked a bit proudly. They are real. But Santa ain't real. So, there's a whole part. Now, okay, now I gotta look up who whinnies and snorts. Vixen! Vixen noisily jowls, whinnies, and snorts. So, if everything in the book 
was filmed, they really trimmed this back. There was a yeah. whole lot more back and forth, like, you ain't real, I'm real. You yeah. ain't real. I know it's me, Santa. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I wanted to condense this, if I if I was the director back in 1884, I think Joe's line. <laughs> 1884. <laughs> okay, continue on. May I may I go on? <laughs> yep. Yes, back when I was recording those moving pictures in 1984. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> did you get the giggles out? I didn't even hear. I didn't even hear my brain say 1884. You're gonna have to go back to the tape. Anyway, if I was a director of this movie and I wanted to condense this, I would have taken Joe's line where he says, uh, "When they get on the roof, he goes, come on, Santa Claus ain't real." I would have mid poof, like he could be down there in the alley mm-hmm. and going, "Come on, Santa Claus ain't poof." Then he could be like in disbelief. Real? Mm-hmm. I think that would have played out a lot better. So, yeah. take take this podcast and send it back to Gino Schwartz. Okay. And the editors back in 1984. Yes. And and have them run with it. When we get our time machine, we'll do that. <laughs> well, I think Doc Brown has one in 1885. <laughs> I think I got my year right that time. I think you still said 1885, but I think that's true too. <laughs> Yeah, when he was in the Old West. (laughs) So you're not wrong. (laughs) So then Santa asks, Want to go for a ride? A ride? A ride on that? I've never even been in a plane. And then our minute ends as Santa says, (laughs) He gets cut off like mid-word. Yeah. Will ya? Will ya? I mean, watching it in real time in the movie, it it doesn't mean anything. But when the cuts off and we watch it over and over, all we hear is, will ya? Will ya? (laughs) So just just one more thing um, before I'll let you uh, go with uh, Tilly and some of the reindeer stories. My eyes keep going to this one big present box protruding out of Santa's bag yes. in the back of the sleigh. I'm sure we'll see it again once they actually get in the sleigh next minute. But my eyes go directly to that one box. Yes, and they're still they have their green wrapping paper with the stars. They stay they are consistent. consistent. Yeah, they are consistent with that wrapping paper. Not so good with the coat cans, but they are with the wrapping paper. <laughs> yes. So while we're looking at these reindeer on the roof. How about we transition into some more reindeer stories from Tilly Smith's book, Velvet Noses, Velvet Antlers. Did I get it right that time? No, Velvet Antlers, Velvet Noses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you edit it so I say it the right way. Well, then you have to say it the more just as exciting as the first time you said it. Not like you're... Oh. Holy cow! Let's read a story from <laughs> Tilly Smith's book. Golden antlers, golden noses. <laughs> All right, so I mean velvet, velvet. <laughs> so from velvet antlers, velvet noses. <laughs> I have one more story that I'd like to share. This is a short one. <clears throat> Tilly always felt sorry for the filmmakers because it wasn't a huge success. 
partially due to a media story about the reindeer. I had never heard this before. I have read this in the book, Mm -hmm. but I had never heard this in any of my research. Go ahead. A story ran about how the filmmakers were accused of slaughtering reindeer in order to make the models. But in truth of it was the filmmakers saved the lives of the reindeer. Because in Norway, thousands of reindeer are reared every year for meat. So the skins used for the models were from the deer that had and were already going to be killed. So they didn't actually kill reindeer for the models. They used the hides of reindeer that were already used for eating and meat purposes. So they were just using parts of the reindeer that were already going to be, you know, thrown out. So, so you know, not a cheery story, but, you know, at least you know, if you ever heard that story when you were younger, they didn't actually kill any reindeer. Man, th- this this minute has been a roller coaster. <laughs> We've taken a lot of weird sidebars, and it's got a little dark at, at it times. Has. It has. I'm glad to fly out of this minute and into minute 51 here so shortly. <laughs> this minute really encompasses real life. You know, it's happy, it's sideways, it's dark, it's everything. This minute's got it all. <laughs> so, Ben, how about you tell everyone where they can find us online if this is their first episode, if they've made it to the end. I'm and sorry. they want to know more about our podcast. <laughs> you can you can check out our website, which is in the description of the podcast, or you can find us on social media at Santa Minute on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Ben and I post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday. And as always, you can listen to any of those episodes for free.